thank you for joining us on the East Bay Bible Fellowship Podcast. Our prayer is that you'll be blessed by the preaching and the teaching of God's Word. We're located at 1361 High Street in the city of Alameda, California. For more information and service times, you can find us on the web at ebbfellowship.com. That's ebbfellowship.com. Thank you and God bless. Mark chapter 15, and then we're going to go to the book of Matthew chapter 25. The book of Mark chapter 15 and verse 32 says, Let the Christ, the King of Israel, come down now from the cross that we may see and believe. Those who were crucified with him also reviled him. And then we'll go to the book of Matthew chapter 25. Verse number 33. And uh, I do have a lengthy reading here. Scripture says, And he shall set the sheep on the right hand. Everyone say right hand. But the goats on the left. Then shall the king say unto them on his right hand, Come ye, blessed of my father. Inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungered. And you gave me meat. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you took me in. Naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came unto me. Then shall the righteous answer him, saying, Lord, when saw we thee a hungered, and fed thee, or thirsty, and gave thee drink? When saw we thee a stranger, and took thee in, or naked? And clothed thee, or when saw we thee sick or in prison and came unto thee? Verse 40 says, And the king shall answer and say unto them, Verily I say unto you, insomuch as you have done it unto one of these least of my brethren. Everyone say, My brethren. Look at the person next to you, say, That's you. My brethren, you have done it unto me. Then shall he say also unto them of the left hand, Depart from me, you curse it, into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was a hungered, and you gave me no meat. I was thirsty, and you gave me no drink. I was a stranger, and you took me not in. Naked, and you clothed me not. Sick, and in prison, and you visited me not. Then shall they also answer him, saying, Lord, when saw we thee a hungered, or a thirst, or a stranger, naked, or sick, or in prison, and did not minister unto thee? Then shall he answer them, saying, Verily I say unto you, in so much as you did not do to one of these least, you did not to me. And these shall go away into everlasting punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. And I want to talk to you just for a few moments on this very simple thought. A generation of the right hand. A generation of the right hand. Can we say that together? A generation of the right hand. Heavenly Father, we lift our hands to you and our voices. And we're asking you this evening that you would speak to us through your word. Lord, I pray for your precious anointing to settle 
on us that we may minister to one another and that we might walk out of these doors and then minister to those back home, be they in our church or on the streets. We pray for a spirit of revelation, conviction, understanding in Jesus' name and everyone shout amen. Amen. Give the Lord a great big hand clap of praise. Lord bless you. You may be seated. The two passages of scripture that we are reading from this evening take place at two very different periods of time. One has already taken place 2,000 years ago when Jesus was crucified. The other is going to take place at an unspecified time in the future when Jesus judges the world. When these two sets of scripture are placed side by side, we see that people are in fact affected by the period of time that they are a part of. No two generations are the same. Consider how that the people crucifying Jesus are completely unaware of how serious their actions are, while those who Jesus calls goats are unaware of how serious their non-actions are. One group kills Jesus out of its ideological and religious fanaticism, while the other group doesn't even have a trace of fanaticism and thus ignores Jesus, who to their surprise has disguised himself as their fellow Christian. Neither the Romans or the Jews of Jesus' time lacked passion. The problem was their passion was colored with brutality, sensuality, and inhumane ruthlessness. I want you to stop and consider just what the Bible has to say about the people in the times of Jesus. Matthew chapter 2 tells us the story of a man named Herod who ordered for all children two years old and younger to be killed. Matthew chapter 14 tells us the story of an immoral and illicit woman who orders for the head of John the Baptist not just to be cut, but to be put on a platter. Acts chapter 7 talks to us, amen, about a group of people who after hearing Stephen preach the gospel from Jesus to Abraham, amen, to the prophets, they begin to gnash on him with their teeth or bite on him. And then proceed to stomp on him with their feet. And if that were not enough, they picked up stones and piled them high on his already crushed and broken body. These people were serious about their ideas. They were serious about their religion. One thing is certain. God knew that entering the world at this time and among these people would definitely result in his death. They were people of passion He was a man of passion. But let's fast forward now to the unspecified time in the future when Jesus has already judged the nations and has now moved on to judge churchgoers. Not for what they did, but for what they did not do. 
Jesus said they would not provide food, drink, or clothing. These were people who in their own eyes, amen, did not see any need to provide for their fellow man who was just a few seats over. As far as they were concerned, those people just needed to get a job. And don't get me wrong, there are people who just need to get a job. But what concerns me today, amen, is that I don't see a lot of people lining up, amen, at the widow's house who cannot work, who they know could use a blessing in the church. Come on, somebody, help me preach right now. I want you to know these passages in the Bible, they're talking to us, and they're talking to us right now. And I want to stir you tonight. Amen. If, if, if I do nothing else, I want your heart to get a little bigger tonight. I want your love for Jesus to get a little wider tonight. And I want your love for one another to get a little bit more fur. Oh, come on, let's magnify Jesus. Oh, come on, let's praise him. I'm not going to preach long tonight. Do you want a bigger heart? Do you want a... Hallelujah. Jesus says that these people would not welcome strangers. Everyone say strangers. The Greek word that Jesus uses there is xenos. Amen. Which is Greek. Amen. For alien. Foreigner. These people, as far as they were concerned, if you were from a different country, spoke a different language, were a different color, that meant you got different treatment. And Jesus said, I'll have none of that. Hallelujah. Jesus said, I'll have none of that. I said, Jesus said, not this preacher. Jesus said, I'll have none of that. I don't care if you speak it a Spanish or speak it a Deutsch. Hallelujah. When you come into our church, you're going to get loved on. You're going to get respected. You're going to get treated right. We don't care what color you are. We don't care what language you speak. We don't even... I'm going to get in trouble. I don't care if you have a green card or not. I'm going to love you. I'm going to minister to you. I'm going to put my arm around you. I'm going to hug on you. Come on, I'm still preaching good. I'm preaching to you the Bible. Come on, we got to get to the point where we know what Jesus wants us to do. Jesus wants... Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. Oh, you know what? I'm going to need a little bit more backup than that. Hallelujah. Come on. Come on. I believe in being a law-abiding citizen, but I'm a citizen of the city of God, and I have a mandate and an obligation to love everybody that walks through the doors of my church. God didn't tell me to act like I like them. He told me to love them. He didn't tell me that He didn't tell me to be friendly. He didn't tell me just to be welcoming. He told me to love on them. They are my brother. They are my sister. Son mis hermanos, son mis hermanas. Come on, we're going to get judged on this stuff. You know what? I'd rather get judged by it. I'd rather get judged on it right now and show God I'm on board with your program. I'm on board with your gospel. I'm on board with your way. Come on, come on, come on. Oh, let's magnify Jesus. Come on. Let's praise him. Let's pray.
Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. You know, and I, I don't want to harp on this for too long, but let me just say this. Here in the United States of America, we, we are privileged, and we are privileged as Christians to be able to evangelize the world and never have to leave our city limits right here in Carson, right in Rialto, in the Bay Area. It doesn't matter where you're from. You can win people there from just about every country in the world, and those people can go back to their country. I'm telling you the gospel truth right now, but if we don't love them, if we don't welcome them, if we don't treat them right, if we think that they're different color, they're different language, they're different race, they're different, their different status eliminates them from God's good graces. They're not, that ain't Jesus's church. Oh, come on, come on, come on. Magnify him. Praise him. Hallelujah. These people, these goats, you know, I know these days the kids like to be like, I'm the goat. I hope you are not the goat. <laughs> Hallelujah. These goats, amen, would not visit the sick. As far as they were concerned, if you were too sick to come to church, then you were too sick for the church to come to you. Hey, you know what? You're never too young to do a little bit of visitation. The minute you hear that's... You know, I know. I know this might be flying over some people's head. Amen. But I'm telling you right now, this is Christianity 101. We got to get the fundamentals right. We got to get this stuff down right. This is the stuff we're going to be judged on in the end. This is the stuff that's going to determine whether you sat in the pew and ended up on the right hand or the left hand. I don't want to be in church my whole life just to find out I'm going to hell when it's all said and done. If I'm here, honey, I want to make it up in there. Hallelujah. And the only way I'm going to do that is when I feed the hungry, is when I give drink to the thirsty, is when I clothe the naked, is when I welcome the stranger, it's when I visit the sick, if sister Shirley's sick she can't come to church, I'm going to her house, if brother Dave's got cancer, I'm going to the hospital if brother Jim had surgery, I'm going to the hospital and if I can't bake cookies, I'll buy some and bring them but I'm going to visit the sick and I'm going to Come on, somebody, come on. Que me va a predicar? Who's going to help me preach right now? Come on. This is ministry right here. This is ministry. I'm going to just keep it 100 with you. I'm going to be very honest with you. I appreciate every young person. God bless you if you clean your church. God bless you if you vacuum. But I'm telling you right now, I'd rather have you do this right here. I'd rather, I'd rather have you have a heart this big that can't stay away from the sick, that can't stop blessing somebody, that can't stop welcoming... Come on. You know what? I was just preaching at a church uh, not too long ago, just in the middle of nowhere. And uh, I'll never forget, right in the middle of service, right in the middle of service, there's this very tall Hispanic girl. And uh, she was just, in my eyes, she was just very out of place. I thought I was the only Hispanic there. Hallelujah. <laughs> and so when I saw her there, I walked up to her 
talked to her, uh, told her to lift her hands, and God filled her with the Holy Ghost. It was powerful. The whole church gathered around her and began to pray. I went up to the pastor. I said, hey, that girl right there just got the Holy Ghost. It was, it was wonderful. It's really, she, she got it really good. He said, Brother Prado, he said, we, we have more Hispanics in this town than you might even think. He said, she is the translator for our whole city. She works for the government. She said, the young people in our church, amen, pay her to teach them Spanish classes. Those young people didn't need to learn Spanish, but you know what? They knew there's a need out in our community. We're going to learn Spanish. And before you knew it, they were winning the trans... He said, we're sending these kids out to places. Come on, somebody. You want to make yourself available? Who wants to? Well, let's praise Jesus right now. Oh, hallelujah. Come on, praise him, praise him, praise him, praise him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. You know, oh, come on. It feels good right about now. This is a let's go to heaven spirit we're feeling right around here. <laughs> come on. I don't want to be a hypocrite. Hallelujah. I don't want to be an actor. I want to do the real thing. I, I want to be really involved. I really want to know Jesus. I really want to help win souls. I really want to have a ministry. I really want to be saved. I really want to be in the church. I really want to be real, real, real. My, my, my pastor's there. He'll tell you. I'm not, I'm, I'm not making stories up. I cleaned our church. I did the vacuum. I did the mop. But one of the most vivid moments in my mind, Brother Reyes, was when I was, I remember one time, my roommate had gotten sick. He'd got cancer. We were all single young men. We are all living together. He got cancer. He couldn't drive himself to church. I had the responsibility of driving the church van. And I'll never forget this one particular day. I had my, my roommate who was battling cancer in the front seat. In the back seat, I had a man from Chile who was there, who, was, who I was trying to bring to God. And just, you know, just all kinds of just, just a lot of patchwork in the van. And all my friends were preaching conferences. And all my friends were preaching revivals. And all my friends were out there. And I felt like I was stuck on the side of the freeway. And everybody was passing me up. And I remember that Sunday I went home and I told my pastor. I just began to express my grievances to him. And I'll never forget with all his patience and love. And he said, Brother Prado, i got to be honest with you. What you're doing here right now is going to help you one day out there. You can't despise this right here. This is good stuff for you right here. This is ministry right here. I didn't understand it then, but I understand it now. And you know what? I still clean the church. And I still drive the van. And I still... And I still look for people from Chile to bring to church. And I, and I still go to the hospital to visit cancer patients. And I Come on. Come on. Come on. Come 
I'm preaching to a young man right now. You don't know what you're doing. You know what you're doing. You know what you're doing. You're getting on the right hand. You're getting on the right hand. You get. You know what you're doing? You're avoiding becoming a goat. I don't want to be a goat. I want to be a sheep. And I want. Come on. Who wants to be part of the right hand generation? I want to be part of that right hand generation. I don't need a pulpit. I don't need a position. I don't need you to pat me on the back. I don't even need you to clap while I preach. I just. But I want you to come under a conviction that says, Brother Prado, I'm going to let the rubber meet the road, and I'm going to do this for real. I'm going These goats would not visit people in prison. No prison ministry in their church. You do the crime, you do the time, we'll catch you another time. And listen, everybody ain't cut for prison ministry. But every church ought to have some prison ministry. Man, let me say that again. Everybody's not cut for prison ministry, but every church ought to have a prison ministry. Come on. I'm sorry, maybe, maybe it doesn't rub you right, but there are people baptized in Jesus' name, filled with the Holy Ghost, that messed up their life, they're sitting in prison, they could use a visit, they could use a Bible study, they could use a phone call, they could use a little bit of love. This... Let's not try to explain this text away. It says what it says. Take it at face value. It says what it... Maybe my theology is wrong. And maybe my imagination is a little too vivid. But do you want to know what I picture heaven like? Do you want to know what I picture the last judgment like? I picture it with like people standing before Jesus thinking they're going to get to dish out their excuses. And just as they finish, or probably knowing Jesus, he's going to interrupt them. And some, the Bible says, you hear me good. You hear this preacher good. The Bible says, we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. For every excuse you got, God's got someone in his heavenly church that did it. With your same problems, with your same issues, with yours, and in some cases worse. And if we're not careful, he's going to call folks down who had it three times worse than we did. That had it a million times worse than we did. And they had a better attitude than we did. Hallelujah. I don't want that day to happen to me. I want to go through. I want to get in. And I want to get as many people as I can with me. Vamos, vamos, come on. Oh, for about 10 seconds. Let's clap to Jesus until the lukewarmness comes off, until the laziness comes off, until the lack of burden comes off.
Hallelujah. Amen. I'm so thankful. Amen. Uh, last, last night I got to sit here and he even came down to help us do outreach the other day. I got to sit here and listen to Brother Gavin Barrier preach. I think he's a phenomenal preacher. I look over to my left. So many of the young people there came to Alameda and helped us do outreach. But all of that is the result, amen, of some apostolics that preached and witnessed to their pastor, Brother Booker, amen, who was, who was in and out of jail, uh, amen, hooked on drugs, a mess, amen. But somebody said, I'm all about that sheep life, hallelujah. Hallelujah. I ain't no goat, and God can save that man. And look at the fruit. And look at the fruit. What can you do? What? Come on. Oh, Jesus. Somebody shout amen. In his mercy. Everyone shout mercy. In his mercy, Jesus is warning us. The very fact that these verses are in the Bible is his kind way of saying, avoid this attitude and you'll avoid this judgment. He's telling you what the goat life looked like. He's spelling it out for you. The great sin of the apostolic church in these last days will not only be our sins of commission, they'll be our sins of omission. What is, what is sins of omission and commission? Let me break it down to you. Amen, hallelujah. Uh, a sin of commission is the sin that we do. A sin of omission is the sin of not doing what we know we're supposed to do. In the book of Romans chapter 7, 14 through 20, Paul juxtaposes these two issues. He says that in him, there is a readiness to do what he knows is wrong. But then he says that there's a side of him that doesn't do what he knows he's supposed to do, despite knowing it's right. He says in my members, there's the, there's the sin of commission and omission. There's the things I do that I know I'm not supposed to. And there's the things I don't do that I know I'm supposed to. Let me just give you, from somebody who came off the streets, amen. Let me just give you a little apostolic pro tip right here. Hallelujah. You got to get to the point where you allow your life and your walk with God to be defined by what you do, not just what you don't do. And if you really are trying to kick some bad habits, pick up some good ones. Don't just, don't just come to the altar and ask God every day to take it away. There's nothing wrong with that. But I'm telling you, some of you, the only thing you need to do is start actually doing something. Hallelujah. I'm, hey, I've done enough hospital visits, Brother Morton, to tell you when you come out of the hospital and you see somebody dying, you're not so quick to want to go goof around on Jesus. When you realize, when you go to a hospital visit of a teenager, of a baby, of a, of, a, of a middle-aged man with children, of the elderly, and you realize that you could be here today, gone tomorrow, I'll tell you what, you come out of that hospital straightened up real quick. Come on, come on. Jesus put that stuff there to keep you saved, but if you're not doing it, if you're just chilling in your smug little ways, you're not... 
Come on, somebody help me right now. You want some help on kicking those bad habits? Pick up good habits. Get involved in the sheep life. Oh, for about 10 seconds, let's magnify Jesus right now. Let's magnify Jesus till we leave this place and go down to the hospital. Let's magnify Jesus till we leave this place and go buy a Rosetta Stone and start learning a language. Let's start praising Jesus right now. Come on, come on, come on, come on. God's dealing with the young person right here, right now. God is dealing with... Come on, five more seconds. Come on, there's something special happening. I'm not trying to draw this out. Come on, come on, come on. There's something wonderful happening here right now. Come on, there's something beautiful. Oh, come on. I'm telling you, there's things that are going to happen right now. Right now, they're going to affect the world. There's going to be a young person here that gets a, a touch of God.
Hey, here's the truth. Every week, I'm not saying this to brag. I'm telling you, every week, my brother-in-law, he's sitting right here in this front row. He goes out and knocks doors. If, if, I, if I don't have to, I will not let him go by himself. I don't let him go by himself. We bring our children with us. Because you know what, Brother Buxton? And we get our kids out there knocking doors with us. Because you know what? I'm not just trying to keep my daughter out of the world. I'm trying to keep her from becoming a goat. You want to know the truth? A lot of people just focus on what not to do. Because you know what? It's a lot easier. But when you start thinking about what you... Do you know that when Jesus came on the scene, he said, Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Do you know that for hundreds of years prior to that, the Jews had another saying that said, Do not unto others. And Jesus said, you guys have mastered the craft of don'ts. But let's talk about doing. And even to this day, theologians and scholars call that rule that was around before Jesus' time the silver law. But Jesus had a golden rule. Because when you start thinking, what can I do to reach those kids? What can I do? To get in the hospital. What can I do to start a prison ministry? What do I do to learn another language? What do I do to go on that mission trip? What, it, your mind has to start clicking. Your spirit has to start moving. Your knees got to start bending. You got to start fasting and praying. You got to put your thinking cap on. And you got to put your... I don't want to be somebody that just sits in the pew and figures out what I'm not supposed to do. I want to be somebody that walks in the church and figures out what I'm supposed to be doing. Doing. We're going to pray here in just a few seconds. God spoke to me. You know what? I'm, I'm surprised I'm, I'm even up here right now preaching. I didn't even think I'd be able to get through this much in my sermon. I, I get sick at these altitudes. Brother Buxton's had me preach at his church several times. I preach and I jump in my car and I, I can't stand the altitude. And I went home last night even after service and I got to a lower altitude. And I went to bed. Amen. When I finally went to bed, I went to bed crying and praying. And I said, Jesus, I need you to touch my body so I can do your service. And at about 6.30 this morning, I promise you, God is my witness. I felt something touch my chest and I felt it spread all over my body. Hold on. Hold on. I shot out of bed as tired as I was and I felt totally energized and I knew that the angel of the Lord had touched me and I said God I just want to do your service hallelujah and I said God when I preach tonight I'm asking you to sweep across the congregation and begin to heal bodies hallelujah I'm telling you there's young people here you're going to be healed tonight hallelujah not just so you can run not just so you can shout not just so you can testify hallelujah but so that you can do the work of God with that body that you got so that you can do the work of God with that mouth he's given you so that you can do the work of God with those hands he's given you so that you could every hand lifted high right now
Sickness, disease, we command you to leave in the name of the Lord Jesus. Pain, leave in the name of the Lord Jesus. Toda dolencia y enfermedad, salte en el nombre de Jesús. Toda dolencia y enfermedad, huye de este lugar por la autoridad y por el poder del nombre de Jesús. In Jesus' name. In Come on, come on, come on. Come on, we got time. If it's appropriate, lay your hand on the shoulder of the person next to you. And I just want you to touch them and say, pain, leave. In Jesus' name. In Pain leave. Sickness leave. Disease leave. In Jesus' name. In Come on, lift those hands. If you know they need the Holy Ghost, tell them to lift their hands. They're going to speak in tongues right now. said come on young people minister to one another minister to your brethren